This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. And this is Franchise Today for Wednesday, September 18th. I'm Stan Friedman, and I'm coming to you today from home base, Atlanta, Georgia. Before we get into the meat of today's interview, I want to take a moment to thank last week's guest, Michelle Fee, for sharing so much with us about travel, franchising, and how she's grown a brand to 2,500-plus thriving franchisees in the travel agency business at a time when many thought with certainty that that business model was a dinosaur. Well, Michelle certainly taught them a thing or two, and we thank her for sharing so much of her knowledge with us here last week on Franchise Today. Hey, a reminder, too, that the front of the house today is brought to you by Transitive, where they provide franchisors and franchisees with cutting-edge solutions to drive conversational marketing. Well, can you believe that today is already the 261st day of the year? I mean, before you know it, we're all going to be singing Auld Lang Syne and ushering in 2020, which, if it lives up to its name, should provide us with lots of clarity and perfect vision. Well, we'll know more about all of that as the year plays out in precisely 104 more days. But back to the here and now, for the past few weeks, you've heard me say that September was a month that was chock full of franchise events the beginning of what I like to call silly season. That time of year where there are two, three, and sometimes more events overlapping all in the space of days. Well, here it is. IFA's Franchise Action Network National Meeting in D.C. last week ended no sooner than MFV's Illinois Expo in Rosemont was kicking off. And right on the heels of both comes Franchise Springboard for Emerging Brands, which opens today in Philadelphia. It's simply crazy times for those who need to hit all of these events. And we'll talk about that and more in just a few minutes with one of franchising's most traveled executives, Red Boswell, president of the IFPG, the International Franchise Professionals Group. But first, it's birthday time. And this week, as always, we wish many happy returns to those in celebration. This week, Jerry Lesser, Chesley McNeil, Dan Rowe, Jose Perez, Gordon Logan, Casey Eugene Hagan, Anthony Benelli, Nina Green, Nedzeli Anaya Aranda, Mindy Gold, Sirashti Sharma, Scott Hainer, Barb Oliver, Paul Mangiamule, Kevin Hine, Pat Cabriz, Dennis Thompson, Ron Stilwell, Ken Hollowell, and my old partner at Wingzone, Adam Scott. Well, there it is. That's this week's front of the house and happy birthday wishes. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. And when we return, I'll introduce you to this week's guest, Red Boswell, president of the IFPG. Stand by. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Stan Friedman here with a word about our newest sponsor. I'm talking about Transitive, an amazing marketing platform that actually delivers what others can only imagine, accurate, dependable results that are second to none. All right, without getting too deep into the weeds, Transitive connects franchisees' customer data from all sources, providing high-octane fuel for their marketing engines. They then deploy machine learning, yes, artificial intelligence, 
which identifies various customer traits and habits, attributes that would otherwise likely go unnoticed, and it segments these customers into groups. This is important because, as we know, not all customers provide your franchisees with equal dollar value. But wouldn't it be great if they could easily identify who's who? Well, that's exactly what Transitive does. And what's more, it then accurately drives the appropriate offers to each of those customer groups, delivering specific personalized messages to each of the group's customers. Just like that, your franchisees are engaged in laser-focused target marketing, delivering them much more bang for the buck. You've got to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Order up a demo today and tell them I sent you. Find them online at www.transitive.io. That's www.transitive, T-R-A-N-S-I-T-I-V dot I-O. And we're back with my guest this week, Red Boswell. Red brings over 25 years of executive leadership experience to the world of franchising, and he did so initially, building a nationwide chain of 148 pet service franchises back in the 90s. Red's also launched a franchise and marketing consulting firm and served as chief growth officer for expense reduction analysts and chief development officer globally and CEO of North America for Action Coach. Red's a certified franchise executive, a speaker, a consultant, and a passionate business leader focused on wisely scaling any organization that he's associated with. Also, one of the best traveled and most traveled executives in our business. Welcome to Franchise Today, my friend. Wow. Thank you so much, Dan. I have really arrived. Um, I'm on Franchise Today, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what? You certainly deserve to be on Franchise today. You're one of those guys who's not only a ton of fun to be around, but you've got things to share and you like sharing them. So, Well, you you know, I got to tell you, you have the best theme music too. Some rock and guitar. That's that's a fun background theme music. Can't wait to play that music for next week's guest when I have uh, Rob Price, CEO of School of Rock on. We'll see if he rocks out to that and enjoys it as much as you do. But Red, you you are a guy who's been in this business for long enough to know what he's doing. And I like what I said about you, the fact that you're passionate about wisely scaling organizations. The only guests we ever invite are those who can put the word sustainable in front of growth or sensible in front of franchising. And so that's why you're here. Proud as you say you are to be here that you've arrived. You've earned the rites of passage, my friend. So a lot of respect for what you do. I'll ask you to start today the way we always ask our guests to And that's to roll back the tape to where it all began for you is franchising red is not an intentional way of doing business. It's something that we don't go seeking. It finds us for the sake of the audience who hasn't known you as long or as well. Why don't you share with us when that moment of in time was for you and what was the inflection point that got you and franchising together? You know, you you say it right. It finds us. Uh, When none of us go to school to be franchise leadership or franchisors, um, I'll quickly share three spots that kind of added to my passion for franchising. First, way back in grade school, probably fourth grade, uh, down in Houston, I ran across some Houston Oilers pencils and NFL pencils in a little five and dime store across town 
brought him to school and I was Mr. Cool, most popular guy in school for at least a day or two. All my friends wanted him. I ended up, you know, hey, we're capitalists here. So I sold my uh, Houston Roller Pencil for as much as I bought all 24 of them for and uh, ultimately sold them all. Went back, cleaned the store out of all their NFL pencils, set up good friends with distributorships in each room and, uh, and made a little fourth grade killing. And uh, the FTC has never caught up with me since. So that was a fun time. And I got, I got that in my mind and started seeing other ways to help others and work with others. I guess if you fast forward to college, like so many of us, I got recruited into, yes, Amway. And more than anything, I, you know, I, I lasted a good 18 or 20 months in Amway. But what stayed with me forever is that passion for helping other people achieve their dreams in business and associating with the right people and reading the right books and attending the right functions and just really uh, being proactive towards your growth. So that made a huge difference for me. And then fast forward another decade or two, I had a thriving service business uh, as a pet business, as you mentioned earlier, in the Dallas area. And I ultimately started, uh, I built it up to such a level that we said, okay, it's either time to sell and do something else or let's go national. And we chose to go national, but I had no idea what that meant. Certainly didn't have money to do it myself. And as most entrepreneurs, I probably didn't have that good of a credit to do it myself either. And so started looking at licensing, franchising, studying them, going to seminars, reading books. And um, it just made total sense. Franchising was the way where I could protect my brand and yet still pour myself and the experience I had, pour it into others, ultimately uh, build my own little Amway cult, if you will. So loved that, loved helping others achieve their dreams in business. And you know, the uh, side benefit was helping uh, tens of thousands of uh, dog and cat owners uh, get their yards back and be able to enjoy their family and their pets more. So uh, it was uh, truly a, a life impacting thing for me and for those I, I got to uh, the pleasure of working. When with. you say get their yards back, can you be a little more specific? What does that really mean? Well, <laughs> so the, the pet service business I started is a crazy idea, but, you know, only in America. Um, we're busy. And uh, we're willing to buy our time back and certainly some disgust. So I get rid of the disgust in our lives. And so uh, we cleaned up yards and we were a pooper scooper service. And, you know, who knew we could do something like that? But there was a time about a year after I started, maybe two years, that there were five copycat franchises, all scooping dog poop. It was uh, our own... Beauty <laughs> calls or something like that. I thought that was kind of a trick name. Yeah, they're clever. They're they're still around. Us and them are the only ones I think that survived, and a great founder there as well. But uh, you know, they they make a difference, and it's a it's an honest living. So love that company. Still around today. I'm still good friends with many of the franchisees from decades ago. Great a great time. So were you were you franchise active IFA like by then, or were you actually franchising, or were you just on the periphery of doing business almost like a franchise but not quite? Uh, we were one hundred percent franchise. Now I did make plenty of mistakes. You know, I, I've I had a good friend who was an attorney. Now he was a will and trust attorney. He said, "Oh, no, no problem. I'll, I'll hook you up with a franchise disclosure document." So I thought, "Wow, I could save a bunch of money, and I use my good buddy here that I trust." Well. You know, I, I think I have a tattoo on my back that says there's nothing more expensive than a cheap attorney. So, yes, I, I did, uh, I did uh, skimp on some costs, but I was also very involved with the IFA from probably 2004 and, and learned a lot. And that's when we got our, ourselves straightened up with uh, some proper attorneys and proper accounting, et cetera. 
So one of the goals and objectives of this interview and all interviews on Franchise Today is to make certain that we drop nuggets for those who are trying to get started the right way, Red. So why don't you just repeat for the audience the importance of proper legal counsel? Well, like I said, you can, uh, you can, uh, there's nothing more expensive than a cheap attorney or accountant. And uh, you need to hire the right people, invest properly. Franchising is not a little boy's game. It is a big boy's game. It is a big girl's game. And I learned the hard way. We made some mistakes that seem small, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're working with some of these state agencies, uh, that oversee Illinois and California and Connecticut and Maryland, etc. You make these little innocent mistakes that anybody could make. They're slapping you with $50,000 fines and rescission notices, and you did everything right. You slept on your franchisees' couches, but when a good buddy franchisee is offered full rescission, that means you owe them $350,000 for the last two years of uh, money they've invested, they oftentimes choose the money over the friendship. And so um, I, don't, I don't mean to sound bitter, but I, I'm giving you some shock and awe here if you're considering being a franchisor that you better do it right or run for the hills because little mistakes are not little most of the time. And we'll talk more about franchise development as we get further into the interview. But the same could be said there about rushing into just grabbing checks from the wrong people. You know, that that money is like taking a down payment on what your legal fees are going to be to get you out of the trouble that you get yourself into. <laughs> yes, good point. And those are the kinds of lawyers you'd rather not have to spend money on to try to get you out of the, that kind of noise. Let's move the tape forward and take us into expense reduction and tell us a little bit about that chapter in your life. Sure. So I had been, uh, when I uh, sold, ultimately sold the Pet Butler franchise organization, I had sold the, the Dallas um, an, an original entity back in 08, did real well there. And then the economy hurt us pretty good, but was able to save the franchisees, help them out and get them some great leadership and still, again, friends today. So then I started doing consulting in the franchise space and in specifically uh, marketing and franchise development, mostly. I was interim here and interim there, CEO, CMO, CDO, etc. But uh, the wife is not quite the entrepreneur that little Red is, Big Red is here. And so uh, she asked me to find something a little more consistent income. And I, I immediately was contacted by several franchisors. Expense reduction analyst was a great fit, love their model, um, but is interesting. They told me, I said, I'm interviewing with the CEO of North America. And I said, so where do your leads come from? How are you getting your franchisees? And he said, well, we work with the consultants, the broker groups out there. And that's really the way we get all pretty much all our franchisees. Well, I didn't mean to, but I honestly laughed out loud during an interview in his face. I, I, because I, I thought, boy, I'm going to have fun here. I'm going to clean that up fast because that's the wimpiest, weakest way to go. Who in the world would would do such a such an ignorant thing? And he, he just said, "All right, Red. Well, if you know better, uh, have at it." And you know, I got to cleaning that up. I thought, but in the meantime, we had leads coming in from some great consultant broker groups, and so I started working with them as I started in putting in my own marketing plan and and the whole go to market strategy for our franchise opportunity. Well, I got I got kind of slapped on the side of the face and realized, my gosh, I was arrogant. I was this cocky marketing and sales guy that thought I knew it all. And I had no clue how good it was to work with these consultants because 
you know, several things I started realizing. One, man, I was getting a lot better candidates from them than I was from this all this marketing that I was spending tons of money on. You know, I was going to going through two to 300 leads to find one serious buyer. Um, and with the consultants, it was, you know, a fraction of that, maybe five or 10 leads to get a buyer. So that was a much better life for me, the sales guy at the time. And then if you look at, I realized that these were leads I was never going to get. Most of them had never even considered franchising, but they, they found a good consultant that educated them properly and helped uh, hold their hand through the process. So that and then finally, I guess that the risk assessment, I realized I was throwing you know, tens of thousands of dollars for each buyer, putting it out on the market, hoping hoping to get a close. When I, I spent a, you know, 100 here and a few hundred there with the consultants ultimately to get to a close. Now, don't get me wrong. I played plenty on the back end for success, but the risk was uh, astronomically less and so I had a big 180 and have fallen in love with the whole broker community. I've worked with every broker group out there and just went went head over heels in love with the whole model between the risk. And the, uh, it's a lot more fun to work with these legit buyers than waste my days dealing with folks who think they applied for a job and don't speak English and have no money. Understood. Before we get into the discussion about IFPG, bring us up to speed first through the Action Coach days, and then we'll take it into the present time. Oh, thank you. So, you know, I've been with Expense Reduction Analysts for quite a while, having a, a blast, wasn't looking to leave, but I did have in my mind, as we all do, the mecca of all franchisors in that category, the white collar franchise opportunity where you're doing consulting. I, I had a, a, a strong place in my heart for that space. And that's where ERA was. Well, I got contacted by someone who I had followed for a decade, uh, Brad Sugars over at Action Coach. I read his books, listened to many of his talks, and had even gone and heard him speak numerous times. And so when he and his team approached me about coming on board as their global chief development officer, I was floored, was very honored, and uh, ultimately chose that avenue Enjoyed it, had a good time, did a lot of great things together. Ultimately, uh, my home is in Dallas and they are in Las Vegas. And the travel that, I don't mind travel for work. I go all over, as you've seen, all over the world. And I've got, a, a like you, a busy fall schedule that I'm super stoked about. But working day in, day out in Vegas and then coming home for the weekends to see the family just didn't work in the long, long haul. So left them last year and set about trying to find my next franchisor to help. Uh, help guide and lead. And well, out of the blue, a couple of different broker groups were looking for presidents and I had no idea. And I dealt with one for a little while. It, it ultimately was not a good fit for me. And so uh, I thought, okay, I'm going back on the franchise or trip. And then Don Deskowski, Don is the founder of IFPG. And uh, boy, was I honored when he called me up. Well, that's great stuff. And your transition from being the anti-broker mentality to the president of a network of I still say broker, you know, we're going to have a conversation around semantics because brokers, I think, are mislabeled as such. I don't think because they don't participate generally in the closings and they're not really sitting like a real estate agent or broker would at the closing table. I just think that whole that whole label is a misnomer. What are your thoughts on that? You know, you're, you're absolutely right, Stan. So from what I've seen, there are probably five common terms for that same role or that same individual. There's the matchmaker, there's coach, advisor, 
broker, and what we prefer at IFPG, consultant. I, I feel like advisor and consultant are really a much more appropriate term for what we ultimately do, which is we do find that buyer, we advise them, we coach them, we guide them, we educate them, and heck, we're their uh, psychologist, psychiatrist in many ways because we help you know, take them off the ledge often as they're uh, evaluating these different entrepreneurial opportunities. So yeah, I'm with you 100%. We certainly have an aspect of what we do, which is brokering, uh, connecting two parties and, and getting a financial reward for that. But ultimately, it's so much more. What's the position that your company takes in terms of fees and how you present that to candidates and prospective franchisees? The, the, if there's one of, one thing about again, brokerage that would ever ever been something that was a rub for me. It was the notion that we work for free or our services are free. I feel like that's a bit deceptive and kind of like in residential real estate came the day that finally agency disclosure became something that was important and you had to express who your fiduciaries were to and who was paying you. And while the candidate doesn't pay for the pay the fee for the service that's provided to them, whether they're with any of the major brokerage affiliations or networks, there is a fee paid. It's a hefty fee, right? So what's the position you take on that? And how do you view transparency on that? <laughs> well, sure. Um, you know, the old school broker groups out there, consultant groups are still uh, sharing those fees with the parent company, while uh, disruptors like us have come in and said, keep it all. 100% of the fee stays in your pocket, Mr. and Mrs. Consultant. You pay us a very small monthly membership. Now, stand to your point, certainly anybody that ever tells a, a buyer or a prospective uh, franchise buyer that they don't get paid is, is obviously uh, lying. I think they, they mostly do tell the truth and they say, no, you, the buyer, don't pay me anything. Just like a real estate agent, when you're buying a house, you you do not pay them anything. They're paid by the, the seller. Now, um, they're going to stay with them like a like a, a real estate agent. A lot of things are similar. You stay with them through the process. You advise them. You help them. Uh, the franchise consultants do a quite a bit more, and so they really do earn their keep. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of franchise consultants that that maybe help one person a year and and make a uh, you know twenty thirty thousand a year. But uh, and and maybe they're happy doing that very part time. Uh, while there are others in the six figures and believe it or not, even seven figures that uh, it took them a little while to get there, but they're making a killing as a consultant. Wow. Big numbers. Those are tremendous numbers, Red. And to the point that we're talking about and speaking in terms of, of metaphors and analogies to residential real estate, from what you've just described, then you guys are actually the Remax or the Keller Williams of franchise brokerage, not paying any commissions to, to a home office. I love that analogy. Very intuitive. Exactly right. You know, when I was looking at coming on board with IFPG, I, I reached out to a lots of great friends in the industry. And I said, guys, I, I, I've worked with the, all the broker groups. So I'm pretty familiar with IFPG, but can you tell me anything about the founder and anything bad, especially? I want to get the dirt and uh, make sure I'm you know, dodging any bullets. And man, I just got over and over and over great things about the founder. In fact, I, I said, forget the great things. Tell me something bad. And I, I, I did not find a single negative told about him. And so to your point, yes, the founders of Remax and, and, and the like have are legends in franchising and have created umpteen millionaires in doing so. So um, to be in that league, I agree. In fact, one of the folks I spoke with about uh, about IFPG and his opinion, he is the founder and leader of one of the largest franchise sales organizations, FSOs, out there. I respect him highly. I almost moved um, 
my family out of state up north to meet to to work with him. I think so highly of him. And he said, Red, you know, I won't say this publicly, but um, I think IFPG is the future of consulting and brokering because of the model you guys have or, or that Don at the time had. And so that was one more huge validation for me that, wow, I'm with the right organization. I'm talking to the right people. All right. So unpack IFPG for the audience and tell us a little bit about its history, where it came from, how long it's been here and it, where it fits and has fit against those big three that we've all known from years back. Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Well, uh, you know, people listening are going, okay, big three, who is that? Let me think, let me think. So let's do it together, uh, boys and girls. So probably the oldest might be TES, the entrepreneur source. Then uh, right around after that, you'd see FranChoice and FranNet popping their heads up. And they are fantastic. The folks in those organizations are great friends of mine, and I've done lots of deals with all of them. I can tell you they're, uh, you know, they're old school and nothing wrong at all with being old school. We've, we kind of are a disruptor because of the way we are approaching it. We're saying, keep all your money on the consultant side, and yet we're providing every bit of technology, every bit of support, everything for the franchisor that they could ask for, from conferences to webinars to all the technology they expect from a great broker group with territory checks, et cetera. So um, to your question, Stan, we've been around um, going on 10 years now. Um, there was a, a, a predecessor to some of the newer groups that formed about 15 years ago, and it, it kind of split up around 10 years ago, and IFPG came out of that. And so we're, ex we're excited to now be um, the largest organization. Uh, it's in a relatively short period of time, and we do that, we do that two ways. Um, we've Our fees are so low, obviously, that attracts a lot of folks. So the number one way is it's very tiny fees for franchisors. That's one member type, very small fees, as you already heard, for the consultants. And then the third is the vendors who sell to the consultants and to the franchisors, their products and services. So that's a no-brainer, extremely small monthly mem membership opportunities. The second is the, the fact that we do training. So I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, we've got about 500 consultants Probably, uh, well, the vast majority of them came from other groups. These are top performers that realized, wow, I can uh, I can keep all my my revenue and not split it with the parent company. I'm moving over to IFPG. Now, a little disclaimer, we never pursued anyone. We don't recruit from other networks. We don't approach them, but they do hear about us. And when they approach us, we're happy to discuss how we might be an added resource to them. Um, the other way is we do training. We have got a, a significant number of our consultants who started in franchising day one with our certified franchise consultant training course at IFPG. So two ways to enter from the broker side, either coming from another organization or starting day one with let us help you develop the right skills and the right um, habits to have success. And what is that designation called and whose who's certification is it? Sure. Certified Franchise Consultant at, uh, from IFPG. You go through about a month-long course, take a lot of tests, uh, do uh, a lot of uh, homework. Uh, then we provide them with uh, lots of leads. Uh, we've got provide them with a custom website, uh, mentoring, uh, passes to our conference. So we hold their hand for uh, as long as they need it to make sure they're successful. And um, that does actually... Um, when I mentioned we provide them quite a few leads. So we have a sister company. IPG is not a lead generator, but a sister company called Career Transition Leads that has become one of the uh, 
the top lead generators in the industry. And they provide, and I guess that's the third reason folks come over to IFPG. They hear about the great leads that we have through our sister company, Career Transition Leads. So uh, kudos to them. And before we go to break, I just wanted to ask you one more question about the difference and a differentiation between IFPG and what we've termed those big three. I believe, unless I'm mistaken, each of those big three are franchised organizations, are they not? Well, um, FranNet is, I believe, and NTES is. Uh, FranChoice is a license. You know, with us, I, I describe it as the most libertarian group you'll run into. We're a membership organization. We're not cracking the whip saying you can't sell out of this territory. There are no territories. The world is your oyster. We're not saying report every sale to us and give us a bunch of money. We don't even know some of the sales that happen. We're not saying you have to go to our conference. We're not saying you have to use our stationery and our email templates and all that. We are about as open and free and easy to work with as you can get, which again is quite the opposite of some of the older school networks. Again, there is nothing wrong with any of those things I just said. Many people thrive in that environment of a lot of uh, handholding and a lot of control. Our consultants, in fact, I, I, I joke that our name could be changed from International Franchise Professionals Group to Independent franchise professionals group because we have so many, you know, just really uh, cowboys, you know, they're out there doing their thing and making money and loving life. And they're working from the, their porch on the beach and not, not uh, worrying about anybody else. Well, we're going to kind of talk about all of that and how all of that works and what it looks like and who should and should not consider being affiliated with a network like yours and why, because like everything, nothing is for everybody, but we're going to come back after a quick break and we're going to talk about it all. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today? Take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot-on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seems simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And we are back with Red Boswell, the president of the International Franchise Professionals Group, better known as IFPG. And we're talking about franchise brokerage today. And Red, you know, you were a guy who, as you said at the beginning of the interview, was not really franchise broker oriented in your earlier careers. I too had very little exposure to working with brokers until one day I did. And literally, I found that much of everything you've talked about, I'm in complete agreement with in terms of the effect of the broker relationship and what it does to help you flesh out and separate the wheat from the chaff a whole lot quicker than 
you know, trying to dive through hundreds of leads to find one diamond in the rough. But is it for everyone? And let's talk about that from the franchisor side as well as from the candidate side. On the Zor side, if you're somebody that's an emerging brand and you're doing a dozen maybe deals a year, does it make sense to work with a consultant or would you suggest that that person may be able to manage things on his own or her own? Really good insight, Stan. And by the way, uh, before I answer that, I got to tell you, you've got some great sponsors. FRM Solutions, I'm a big fan of, and Zoracle. I love Rebecca and her team to death. In fact, I was just talking about FRM probably two hours ago. Um, I ran into uh, Ron Cordova, gave me a call, and we were we were catching up. He's over at Little Jim now, and he mentioned that he ran into you, and he's now an FRM Solutions client. So small world. So of the, the consultant groups out there, uh, very few, if any, other than IFPG, allow emerging brands. So to your point, yes, it's absolutely can be a huge benefit for emerging brands, even possibly more so than a more established brand. Emerging brands and anybody that works with a, a consultant group, you got to understand you go all in. You don't dabble in it or it's going to fail. Go all in means understand how to communicate with the brokers, understand what they need to hear, communicate well with them as you go through a process with any candidate. I think um, a couple of uh, mistakes I see franchisors make often is number one, they think the brokers are going to do the whole process, do the deal, close the deal, sign the paperwork for them. That could not be further from the truth. The consultant groups are awesome lead generators, a lead source but you, if you as a franchisor have 10 steps to your franchise discovery process, you will take that candidate through all 10 steps, just like you would a portal candidate or a PR candidate or a LinkedIn candidate or a referral candidate. Next is, I, and you didn't ask this, but I'll, I'll throw it in anyway. Franchi I, I see so many franchisors, especially emerging brands, who just... They, they trip over, what do they trip over, dollars for pennies or pennies for dollars? I forget how it goes. Basically, their, inner, their initial franchise fee, their IFF, is way too low. I mean, there's, they've hired an attorney that has never worked with consultants and maybe hasn't, hasn't gotten any new training since 1983, and they're doing a $25,000 franchise fee. People just trip. That is half what it should be. The average franchise fee we're seeing now is in the high 40s. That's where it should be. But consult um, new franchisors will come in and go, well, Red, I can't do that. My competition, Papa John's and Domino's is only at 25. And I look at them with love and care in my eyes and say, you're not Papa John's and you're not Domino's. Get a lot. You, you, they don't advertise for franchise candidates. Their franchise candidates by the hundreds are knocking on their door. Guess what? No one's knocking on your door. You've got to pay for marketing. You've got to pay an internal sales devel or development person. You've got, uh, of course, the broker groups. You've got all the different ways you're going to market your franchise that they don't have to pay for. So a big mistake is a way too low franchise fee. And one more piece to that puzzle is They'll, they'll usually reply, but you don't understand. If I'm at 25, I can't raise my fee to 40. Oh my goodness. That's a, whatever the math is, that's 66% increase. I would go, I would go out of business. And of course, I, I politely ask them, how many franchises have they sold? And it's usually zero, but it, uh, at 25. But regardless, um, when a franchise buyer is looking at an opportunity, they're not dwelling on the franchise fee. They're looking at the all-in investment, the item seven. And that item seven, let's say if it's a pizza joint like this previous um, example, you know, the all-in investment is 180 to 280. 
Well, you add another 15 to that. What did you add? I don't know what the math is. 3%, 5%, 10%. I don't know. You didn't add 66%. So just putting things in perspective can make a huge difference, especially for emerging brands, which we, we, we do train them quite a bit and help them grow. But you know what? On a topic, I'm sorry to keep going here. I love this topic, um, Stan. I was at, keep going, man. You're doing great. As, as, as a thank you, I was as a franchisor. I've been at you know dozens and dozens of franchise conferences and etc. I was at one about three years ago. I saw my good friend Mike Hawkins. Mike had been with the Dwyer Group at the time for about 42 years. Dude, you know the franchise industry uh, legend and great guy. And I, I stopped. I went, oh my gosh, Mike. You leave the Dwyer Group. Now it's called Neighborly. And he, he laughed and said, no, no, I'm still with them. I said, no way. You guys don't touch brokers. You're, you're the last company I would ever thought would be in the broker networks. And he just said, Red, you know, we're in acquisition mode. We've got their, our third or fourth uh, private equity ownership. And they want us to buy new brands. So we recently bought, I think it was Service Brands International, and uh, three brands. And he said, they had grown almost exclusively through the broker networks. And so he said, you know what? We had to check that out. We looked at what they were doing, what they had done. We said, all right, we'll dabble in this. And he said, what we've come to realize is, and I'll pause there for a moment, just so you know, Neighborly and the Dwyer Group in, in Red's guesstimation had, does $3 billion a year, probably has a $80 million franchise development budget and has 40 to 60 people on staff hammering phones day in, day out on their franchise development team. They've got the money. They've got the know-how. They have everything you need to kill it in franchise development. And so back to the story. He said, we realized we we brokers gave us leads we would never get. This was a beautiful ancillary uh, additional revenue streams of new buyers that even with our tens of millions of dollars, we would never get those buyers because of who the brokers, where they're fishing, where they're getting the leads. So, man, I love that testimony from Mike. And um, I think he has actually become a broker today. So <laughs> I want to I want to just draw out for the audience's attention another fine point, another nugget that you just dropped. And that is franchise, initial franchise fees. If you've got the right legal counsel and if you've got the right professional guidance for taking a concept and turning it into a franchise, the franchise fee is established as a mechanism to return you your investment for building out this opportunity. If you're, if you're pricing it below what it costs to do business and to become a franchisor, then you were given some bad counsel or like Red said at the very beginning, you went to a transactional lawyer instead of a franchise lawyer. That initial fee is meant to pay back your investment to become a franchisor. And if you're undercharging, it's it's on you to get that right so that you don't put yourself in the poorhouse trying to help other people live a dream that takes you broke <laughs> while you're helping them achieve the dream that they're buying a franchise to achieve in the first place. Yeah. Amen. And you know what equally as important is understanding that, yeah, you're not supposed to lose money, but that fee really is not designed to make you money either. You, you should not be relying on that to sustain your business. Uh, it, it, you know, becoming a franchisor is about royalties in the long term and impacting lives. Those are the two reasons anyone franchises make long term uh, secure royalty streams and impact lives. And uh, having to rely on franchise sales 
to stay in business will put you out of business. Yes. I mean, the length of term of a franchise agreement and the price for the initial franchise fee are things that are tied together with your cost for creating an opportunity to, for somebody to go live their dream. And hopefully they're depending upon you being in business long enough to help them achieve that dream uh, once they've hitched their wagon to your engine. Get it priced right, get it timed right, and and make certain that you've got the proper legal counsel. And Red, I'm sorry, I had to just call that out again because I asked I ask for you to do that for the audience and I just didn't want to let that go without a spotlight on it. So tell us more then about some of the differentiation between yours as a membership organization as compared to a franchise. Who is it that gets one of these? Who becomes affiliated with an organization like yours? So you've got two channels, right? Provision of service to the brokerage community who are also members of your organization. And then you've got the recruitment of new members to your organization. So how do you want to unpack that? Sure. So to, to, for clarity, three types of memberships. We're a membership organization. We have the franchisor. They want to get new buyers, new franchisees. So that's why they join us. And we've got a little over 400 franchisor members in our um, membership inventory, if you will. And then we have the franchise consultants or brokers. Got quite shy of 500 uh, full-time or dedicated franchise consultants. And then we actually have a third membership type. These are the vendor supplier partners. These are folks like franchise attorneys, franchise accountants, uh, lead sources, uh, real estate folks in franchising. Anybody that's not a broker or a Zor could fall into that category within the franchise world. And so three types of um, memberships. And we, we serve as that body that connects them all, that helps them communicate, gives them the software, the technology, the leadership, the marketing, uh, the training in many cases, and and connect them all together. And, you know, together we've done uh, well over 10,000 franchise opportunities or changed over 10,000 lives with all our franchises we've um, helped close. And so what kind of a team stands behind you and Don in support of an organization that's got such large membership and so many tiers of service to provide? Well, it's a team like you would expect. We've got uh, long-term, um, many have been with us from day one. Uh, Marianne Perez, everybody loves to death. Marianne is one of our founding members. Don Daskowski, I mentioned earlier, Don is, is a, a legend in this industry, uh, helped f found many companies. In fact, he founded a company that was bought by, do you remember, about.com. And uh, he's yeah, he, a publicly traded company at the time. He sold it for a, a very... Uh, pretty uh, sum. And that's what allowed him to help start this company many years ago. And it just, you know, I tend to be that aggressive marketer and that, you know, uh, just bar the door and go full steam ahead. Don's, Don's a such a level-headed, uh, uh, steady as she goes. The tortoise wins the race. And sometimes and he's a great balance for me because I'm just like, let's, you know, put on the nitros, let's go. And he's like, Red, We've gotten to be the biggest, the most respected, the most successful because we do things right. We do things steady. We test and measure and we adapt. And I'm just like, yes, sir, let's let's do it. So the team behind us, I could go through each person in their role, but it's a fantastic corporate team that really cares. And, uh, you know, they're working late tonight. We're, we're just two weeks away from our big annual retreat. And they're putting in the uh, midnight hour here. Uh, burning the midnight oil, I guess how uh, you say it, to uh, make it the best retreat ever. And you know what, on that topic, to get you an understanding of the culture of IFPG and some of our mindset, 
Um, lots of great competitors in this arena. I love them all. I've done business with them all, and I would never say a bad thing. In fact, there's not a bad one out there. They're all good. Our retreat, we take a different approach than anyone else I've seen. Uh, sometimes I would go, well, every time I would go to a, a, a broker conference, it would be somewhere between three to five franchisors for every one consultant. And so it was a bit tough getting some FaceTime with some of these consultants because, you know, Feel like I'm in a bar trying to meet with the, the hot babe. You know, it's there's a lot of competition uh, between all the franchisors. And so with with uh, and by the way, 20 years married, so I'm not going after any hot babes. But that's, <laughs> that's the first analogy that came to mind with us. We're committed to um, a one to one ratio. We've got one franchisor for every one consultant. And believe it or not, we've had to turn away hundreds of thousands of dollars that are being waved at us by wonderful franchisors that we would love to be able to have come to our conference. But again, where there's only so much room at this uh, beautiful Margaritaville Resort Hotel and we're committed to giving the highest quality possible for the franchisors that are there. So we're turning quite a, quite a few folks away. We've been sold out for over three months now. Red, talk to me about the experience that a franchisor has learning about your organization. Take us through what it is that helps them peel back the veil and learn how this works differently than those things that they're already familiar with. Yes, absolutely. Good idea. So a franchisor is interested in, in working with a broker group. What they would do is uh, meet with us. We'd give them a very thorough tour of our software, technology, all the tools they would have at their disposal. But in a nutshell, the franchisor, we build a website within our website that's private. So the consultants, these 500 consultants I mentioned, would be logging in each day. They would uh, they'd see all the hundreds of franchisors in there, each one with every bit of information you could ask for about their franchise opportunity, from the history to the ideal candidate, to the overall investment, to uh, who to contact, the commission structure, um, and lots of videos and pictures. Everything a consultant could ask for is in there. Then the franchisor does a live webinar with us. They're, they do a webinar. We invite all the consultants. Consultants ask a lot of questions after the opportunity is presented. And we record that, then put that into the profile as well, the franchisor's profile. So all the consultants that didn't make it on or perhaps the consultants down the road that have a hot candidate that they think might be a fit, they can listen to that overview and get a better understanding of the opportunity. Next, anytime that franchisor has uh, maybe press releases, maybe deal announcements as they add new franchisees, anything of value that they want to communicate to these consultants, they send to us. We serve as the uh, kind of the gatekeeper of information so that we make sure that our consultants are not being spammed because quite a few other organizations will publish all their consultants information and the consultants are driven crazy by Dozens and dozens of Zork phone calls and lots and lots, if not hundreds, of emails on a daily and weekly basis, which um, our consultants can't stand that. So we we uh, really filter it and make sure it's quality information coming from the Zork. And then lastly, there's all sorts of events. There's communication, um, whether it be our annual retreat or our regional events. Um, and then uh, lots of ways on our, on our website. Even things like you can click on a, a consultant and say, uh, let's grab a coffee. And if you're in the same area, of course, they can meet up with you in person and go deeper. And I guess that's the overall message I have for folks who are considering that broker world. Don't dabble. You go deep. You go serious. Because the consultants, 
there's several things you got to understand when they have a buyer. That buyer is their baby. I mean, this is they've invested their sweat, their equity, their tears, their their savings to get this buyer, to educate them, to build a trusting relationship. And now they've got the financials on the buyer. They know everything about where they want to live. Is the spouse involved? Uh, do, are they a veteran? What's their credit look like? Everything that you can imagine about, do they want mobile? Do they want home-based? Do they want retail, et cetera? And they take that information. They go into our website, log in, and hone it down from 400 plus franchise opportunities to maybe 14 and it hones them down with all that information. But then once that 14 is there, or maybe it's 34, you know, it's, it's a smaller number, but there's still too many to show a candidate. They're going to look at it and go, do I know that franchisor or the development team for that franchisor? Franchisors don't realize how incredibly important that is that the franchise consultant has to know, like, and trust that franchisor's development team. Big time, big time. I, that's more important than the, the commission. They want to know that this person is going to take care of my baby. I'm marrying them off. You know, I, they better take care of them. They're going to take care of me. We're going to freaking frack back and forth, meaning we're going to communicate after each call. How did it go with you, Mr. Franchisor? Great. Here's how it went with me when I talked to him about the conversation. So there is an ongoing relationship, a three-way relationship between the franchisor's representative, the consultant, and the ultimate buyer back and forth, back and forth. And if a franchisor doesn't follow that process right, doesn't communicate clearly and comfortably and openly back and forth with that consultant, they're not going to last in the in, in this world. Even more so, I mentioned it, the commission, although very important, don't get me wrong, these folks are in it to make the money, the commission is second place to the trust that the cons uh, consultants need to have uh, of the franchisor's development agent. Red, we're getting close to the uh, wrap-up here. I wanted to ask if you would please give a little forecast of what you see on the horizon in, in the years ahead as the franchise brokerage community has really grown over the past few years. And I think a lot of that is a testament to as we hear at the Franchise Update Leadership Conference every year. So much more of those entering the franchise space are entering with larger investments in multi-unit or multi-flagged opportunities, which seems to lend, its, lend itself more to uh, being serviced by professionals like you as they come in. What do you see on the horizon? What do you see? Is there a shakeout or is there a further growth or consolidation? What's it look like to you? Yeah, that's interesting. Boy, we could talk all day about that. I, I do see each year, at, uh, by the way, Franchise Leadership and Development Conference, awesome conference in Atlanta coming up next month. I'll be there with bells on. In fact, I convinced Don, I said, we can't miss this. I'm going on my own dime. In fact, we need to sponsor the thing. And sure enough, we are the first ever franchise consultant or broker group that's participating and sponsoring that conference. So I'm honored to have that uh, honor. <laughs> I'm honored to have that honor. What's what's happening in the future? The consultant and broker world continues to grow by a percent or two each year. We're having a bigger and bigger and bigger impact on the, the franchise development world. Uh, you know, like like so many things, the government likes to get their hand in it. So I do see more regulations coming down the pipe with that. Nothing to be too concerned about. There'll be a little bit more on the disclosure side, most likely. Um, but fortunately, uh, that also lends itself to franchisors wanting more help on the development side, less risk and more expertise. And so, again, the trends all point towards 
what we're doing. And to your point about is there a shakeup, I do see some shakeup. I'm not going to name names, but there's some organizations that um, I get the calls. I get the, hey, Red, this is on the down low. My name is John Smith. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, <laughs> I know your voice. Um, you know, well, I'm incognito, brother. Don't, don't, don't share anything. I get a lot of those calls here lately. Now, I've only been here six months, but more in the last month than ever before. So there's some shakeups happening out there. Some of the old school networks are, are struggling and I think have made some poor decisions uh, that are maybe a little selfish instead of helping their people. Maybe they're helping their own pocketbooks. And so um, there'll be a little bit of a shakeup most likely, and and I pray, uh, Lord willing, we'll continue to grow and to be able to benefit uh, franchisors, candidates, and consultants, uh, as well as vendors. We've only got a few short minutes left, Red. I like to ask my guests at this stage whether there's anything left that I should have asked you and you wish that I would have asked you that I haven't. Oh, Stan, you are good, buddy. You know the industry and you know what to ask. We didn't cover hardly any of these questions beforehand. You just threw them at me and it's it's been fantastic. I mean, I guess, you know, our website, ifpg.org, if anyone has an interest, whether you're a franchisor considering this world, we're happy to educate you further on what it looks like and the cost involved and the commitment. If you're someone considering being a consultant, we'd be very honored, of course, to help you there. And, um, and we've got lots of consultants that help people franchise. So we, we do a little bit of it all. And, um, you know, coming up, uh, I guess I'll, I'll be seeing a lot of you guys that are listening and hopefully Stan as well at some of these events. He mentioned Springboard coming up. After that, I'll be at the IFA's Franchise Development Workshop in New Orleans. And then, um, of course, Franchise Development Conference coming up, the IFPG Retreat. Can't miss that one. Uh, I'll be at Nashville, the IFA Emerging Conference. I'll be at the Dallas Franchise Show, Long Beach Franchise Expo. I'll be doing some top golf events with consultants all over the country. So really excited about all the things coming up. And, man, if you see me out there, please grab me, give me a hug, introduce yourself first, of course. But um, love to see everybody on the road and make some new lifelong friendships. We call them Fran Friends. There you go. There you go. Well, like I said at the beginning, at the top of the hour, one of the most well-traveled executives in the franchising world. And I'm really, really proud that you were able to make some time to spend it with us here and share some of your wisdom with us, Red. Thank you so much for joining us on Franchise Today. Absolutely an honor. I appreciate you, Stan. Everything that you do and have done for the industry, you are a legend and we appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Next week, it's Rob Price, CEO of School of Rock, joining us on Franchise Today. Please remember to subscribe to us on Blog Talk Radio and that you can download us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or virtually any place that podcasts are found. Remember, too, that you can even ask Alexa to play the latest version of Franchise Today and she'll be happy to accommodate. Like us on Facebook, and until next week, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.